Hi. Hi. If you've been following us for a while, you'll know that we released this episode as a pilot last year. It's been a while. Dating was getting so boring for me, so I just kind of thought, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to go with this. This is kind of just a little bit more interesting, not what I was expecting. This is Swipe Left, Swipe Left. We have taken about a year to collect 15 episodes, but we're re-releasing this one as the first episode in our series because it is such a banger and it is the story that actually inspired the whole series. A friend of ours has been on the quest for love. For a while. For a while. His friends had set him up on a lot of dates with friends and friends of friends and it kind of wasn't going that well, so he decided to give Tinder a whirl. And this is the epically true story of one of his first Tinder dates. All the names have been changed. So, without further ado... Here is Harry's story. I guess what happens when you go on so many dates, they do get a bit blasé. So this was different. For all the wrong reasons. Let's just say Betty and I went on a date... So of all days, we booked to go on a date Sunday in Brick Lane. Sunday at like two. She seemed a bit off. So I said, well, look, um, I've had a big night last night. Would you mind if we just popped into this coffee shop right there on Brick Lane and, and just recharged our batteries? What? Why would you need coffee to spend time with me? And I was like, no, no, it's not personal. It's like, um, <laughs> I've had a big night, right? So we went into the coffee shop, she followed kind of sheepishly, and as we got in, I ordered a latte for myself and asked her, what would you like? And she said, well, should I have a coffee? I said, well, I don't know. Would you like a coffee? She said, well, well, I guess I will. I said, okay, cool, we'll get you what? A cappuccino. Okay, cappuccino it is. For some reason, that next step was also a bit of a challenge. She didn't know whether she had to sit down or stand up. She said, well, should we sit or should we just mill around? What should we do? I was like well, you, you can do whatever you like. I think we should sit, right? So it was a bit of an awkward start. But I was like, you know, it's all nerves and a little bit of caffeine can really help to kick the nerves up a little bit more. So let's do that. And then we went on to our first bar at 2.30 in the afternoon on Sunday. Good choice, right? <laughs> but after the first couple of pints, she loosened up a bit, you know, becoming really lovely and it was a good conversation. And um, we were like, well, let's move on to the next place up Brick Lane. Let's go have some more drinks. So we did. The conversation, like I, I wouldn't say it was anything extraordinary. It was just a, a first date type thing. Nothing blew me away at that point. I was waiting for the personality to come out. And, and it would come out. Um, it would. And we got to maybe the fourth bar on a Sunday at perhaps six now. So we've been drinking for about four hours. A fair amount of time. Kind of all the, the taboos for a date was crossing the line a little bit. So there was stuff like, you know, politics were coming up, which typically doesn't come up or shouldn't come up on a first year, in my opinion, but it did. She was saying, Well, I kind of identify with Tory slash UKIP type Immigrants party. are ravaging this country. Labour Party has done this. You know, look what they're doing to our country. She had a very strong view on what was left right and what was right or wrong to her and maybe assumed I would as well, was I obviously didn't, because I was technically an immigrant. And she said, well, what about you? I'm centrist, I'm more in the middle. Bloody lefty. Well, uh, I'm centrist. You're lefty? 
yeah, in comparison to your far right view, I am probably on the far left, you're right. But I'm actually in the middle and we couldn't get beyond that fact. So I just thought, well, let's put that to bed and talk about the next taboo topic, which you're going to bring up. She was talking about exes and it was quite eye-opening. But I think for her, it just wasn't juicy enough. So my first boyfriend had a massive cock. He made me bleed for five days. How long would you make me bleed? I thought, what a golden question. I don't know if this is cheeky anymore, um, but I was like, well, how about this? Zero, maybe like uh, half a day? Half a day. Does that work for you? And I, and I just thought, look, this, this is obviously, it's a bit of fun, but, you know, we've drank a bit much. It's maybe now seven on a Sunday. I just want to go home, uh, really. So I said, oh, look, um, uh, this is if I've just got this last drink. Um, maybe when you finish this up, I can walk you back to the station. Well, if that's the case, like, let's just finish this right now and leave. Let's just leave. If that, you can't stand being on this date with me any longer. This just has to end. And I'm going to have to do this in a different way so she doesn't get offended. Look, look at a restaurant across there. Let's go and eat there. Because I'm thinking, put some food in a um, sober up. Then maybe I can have the conversation again about leaving to go to the train station. It was a Swedish restaurant in Brick Lane. And it was dead empty because it was an eight o'clock on a Sunday in Brick Lane. The bill came and I took my card out, put it on the, uh, the bill. But she said, oh, no, no, I, I, um, I must pay as well. We must split this. Sure, why not? So she put a card on the table. But it didn't last very long. We, we were talking for a while and sort of in between our conversation, her hand sort of, you know, snaked up to the table and sort of slid over the, the card area and uh, her card disappeared. So I can take a hint, right? Okay. Like I said, I'll pay for this. So as I got up with the bill and went up to the cashier. But no, but I must, I must help to pay for this. In my head, I said, well, where the fuck is your card? I think I was getting a bit tired at this point. But there's a lot more to come. So I don't think I really was managing my energy levels very well. Um, so I paid for it. But in my mind, you know, I was paying for the end of the dates, really. And it was a blessing. So we left the restaurant onto the high street. But fate wouldn't serve us very well. Because right on the streets was a beggar laid out on the floor. A beggar of non-British descent. So she immediately stopped and drew to attention and stood over the guy who was trying to just get on with his sleep on a Sunday at 8 o'clock. Just, just look at this mess on Britain's streets and London is turning to muck and, and this, this is allowed to be here. And this, this, this is, this, you know what this is? This is your left party. This is, this is your left principles. This is what leads, it leads to, look at this mess, disgusting. You know, the racket of noise is enough to wake the guy up. And I thought, not good news. We don't want him waking up with you being like this. Maybe we need to move on. No, no, this is just, this is just your left thing. Just move, just forget about it, right? No, because I think this guy's going to punch you. So I had to kind of just sort of gently nudge her down the street. You know, at this point I was actually thought, I need to have a chat with this girl. I need to actually tell her, you know, give her a bit of home truth, right? A little bit of home truth. So I said, that's inappropriate. You can't do that. This guy has nothing. You can't. Well, you don't even care about this situation, do you? You're just from some other country. You don't care about Britain or... I've been here for a few years. I pay my taxes. I care. I, what, what do you even base that on? So she started to kind of walk on ahead of me. 
which I wasn't too bothered about. Unfortunately, she's now bounced into three more beggars in Brick Lane, but like a trio. And, and so they're sat there, um, and they are all immigrants. So, so I just thought, well, this is going to get three times as worse as the last one, because it's three times as many. But no, it, it, the mood changed. I think she was prepared to, to you know, to, she was conciliatory. So, so one of the guys sort of um, had a phone, and he's like, can you please take a picture of the three of us, right? Well, of course, of course. And I just thought, ah, oh, cool. You know, she's softening up. And uh, she was even giggling and laughing. I mean, it was like a complete change of face. I just thought, awesome, awesome. You know, life can just be so amazing. While she was looking at the pictures she took, uh, she paused and she was looking at the phone. And um, I guess she had registered something she didn't sit well with her because she looked at it and then she sort of took the phone down, looked at them, put the phone back up, took it down, looked at them, and she spotted something. This guy was sat there on the right, and he had a cast on his leg. What's uh, what's this on your leg? And he's like, I uh, I cast. You know, I was like, well, poor fella, he's trying, but she wasn't having it. So she was like, well, I'm just going to figure it out myself. So yeah, what did she do? She jumped right onto his cast and she grabbed it. I mean, she didn't just like gently nudge it. She grabbed the whole cast, and he screamed. Well, why wouldn't you? And because this fucking crazy lady is on your cast. Yeah, yeah, it probably went into shock, really. I was like, is this happening? <laughs> so she let go of it and she turned to me. She now had information that I needed to know. And it was this. It's, it's wet. It's fake. Do you know what that means? I said, I have no idea what that means. She said, well... He's a benefit thief. He is one of your labor supporters, obviously. But it's probably wet because he's sat in the rain. No, I have just grabbed his cast and it's, it's melted in my hand. I said, you are not a doctor, Betty. And actually now they're getting up and, and one of these three are definitely going to start punching. My instinct kicked in, which was um, push her down the street. Step one. Step two, turn to the guys and confront the situation as it was. So I said, I am so sorry. Her father's passed away today and um, she's had a really rough day. I don't know what got into her. And one of the guys who did understand English completely understood my story and believed it. He's like, I, uh, I'm, oh, I'm so sorry to hear. I was like, yes, of course. Look, let me just take the camera, take some pictures, more pictures, and let's just make it up. And I'm so sorry. And so I gave them all a hug, actually, you know, just to say, you know, it's just water under the bridge. Let's get over it. And, uh, and I got out of there. Well, now I was indignant. My first home truth didn't sink in. So this round two. Listen here, Betty, that was out of order. Your bloody freaking left principles and views, you're not going to change my mind about this. Well, Betty, do you believe in the British judicial system? I don't know where this clarity of thought came from, because I was still fairly drunk. And she said, yes. I was like, great, and we're onto something. So, how quickly do you think someone would get judged? Well, it would probably take a matter of, of months, days, who knows? I said, well, thank you very much, because you judged him within two minutes, for Christ's sake. She just broke down. Uh, I mean, a complete mental breakdown. Like, she just fell to the floor immediately, 
rolled up into like a ball and started to rock and cry. Uh, I mean, bitterly cry in the street. Cars were having to sort of veer around her. So I was like, well, I need to get her out of the street. She'll die here. So I leant down to grab her weeping mass. Fuck off, you fucking lefty. So I took about 15 minutes, but eventually I got her to the pavement, So which is a huge step. You know, it got a bit sad. So she started to talk a lot about uh, how London's a lonely place. It's a terrible place. She's just moved here. Nobody understands it. I was like, you know, that's, that's, I've felt some of that stuff before. And, you know, it was like, let's talk it through. And I was like, yeah, you know, I had problems and da-da-da as well. And, you know, you, you, you're going to get through this and da-da-da-da-da. And this was all in between, again, it was incontrollable sobbing. But it came to a point where it was like this. So suddenly she stopped crying. Like, like a thunderbolt had struck. And it went from like red, teary-eyed face to clarity. And she turned to me and she said, How, how, how big is your cock? Now, I know you don't think this is true, but it's so true that I was also shocked. And I said, don't you remember? It's half a day. And, and, and she did go back and cry. I don't think it's because of the size of my cock, uh, I don't think. But, um, but she, I think she was just sort of in between emotions, as it were. So she continued to sob. And, and then again, another moment of clarity came to her. And she turned around to me and she said, um, Well, you were just such a kind man. You're such a kind man. How about we get a taxi by me? I pick up my stuff for the night. And you show me you're not always a kind and nice man. That is so brilliant. Is this all about that? You are so clever, but I am one up on you. Boy, is it getting late. And just like taxi had literally arrived in the rank there. And so I put in a taxi. Um, so she left. Thank God. Some people have always said, oh, so why the hell did you go any further than you know, any of the comments she made. And to be honest, dating was getting so boring for me. So I just kind of thought, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to go with this. This is kind of just a little bit more interesting. Not what I was expecting. I love this story because we know Harry and he's such a good guy. And just the fact that he persevered I feel most people would have walked away quite early yeah I think so too there's part of me that still wonders why he stuck it out to the end I think that maybe Harry just wanted to see something that was redeemable yeah and I think there's a lot to be said for actually trying to have that conversation with someone that you just really don't agree with and trying to understand their point of view do you know what I mean? I feel like we surround ourselves with people that have the same opinions as us. And when we come across someone that is completely, in our opinion, crazy or like has a horrible opinion, we tend to shut it down. And I really respect Harry for opening up the, you know, the channels of communication and really persevering. Up to the point she rips the cast off the homeless man's leg. Yeah, then I was like, maybe time. Maybe it's time. Yeah, I mean, I also really feel sorry for Betty. Like, it does sound like things maybe weren't quite right. 
London can be a lonely place. It really can be. You know, get help and reach out before things get too much and you start attacking homeless people. That behaviour is never okay. On reflection, listening to this story again, we also wanted to clarify that Harry did not go home with Betty. Don't forget to subscribe to the series because there are tons more juicy episodes coming your way. Each story equally is amazing. Please subscribe. We would love that. We are the website and podcast for stories of relationship adventures and dating failures. We'd like people to post their own individual stories on the website and selected upvoted stories will have a chance to be put into our podcast. So if you go onto the website now, it's swipeleftswipeleft.com, you can post your own story that somehow relates to romance and has a fun, humorous element to it. Or you can just read through the stories that we have there already. There's some brilliant ones. You can like them, comment on them, and the ones that get the most heat will consider for the podcast. Don't get embarrassed about posting a story. It's going to be anonymous. The only things we know about you are your username and anything else that you want to tell us. Yeah, and you log in with your email address, but that's not publicly... That's not visible. That's not visible, so don't worry. Please give us a rating on iTunes, five star. We're a startup podcast here and we would like your support. This is a project that has been able to happen through people's generosity and kindness. The lovely Archie Crofton has done all our graphics. George Taylor wrote our theme music. And thanks to Connor Courtney for all of our marketing support. And thanks to the pod at White City Place, where we recorded all of the links for this podcast. This episode of Swipe Left, Swipe Left featured Harry. Was interviewed by Gavin Wong and Claire Crofton and produced by Claire Crofton. Mm-hmm.